Let's study the Bible together. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Hopefully we're good to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. As you're turning there, I will tell you, I had a different message planned for this evening, and I had a different one planned for Sunday morning. But as I began to prepare both of those, I booted the one out that was going to be for Sunday morning and moved tonight's to Sunday and come up with this one here for tonight. So, mix the multitude here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. We're going to read two verses, if you're able to stand. Verses 1 and 2. And so this is kind of a, an advertisement or a plug for this coming Sunday, for the Sunday school hour. Uh, all the teachers, don't get nervous. I'm not going to steal any of the lessons. But just as a, a little plug here for the stewardship of life, uh, the series going through the Bible, looking at different areas as a steward that God has placed us over his possessions. But the title of the message would be Stewards of the Mysteries of God. And we get this from these two verses. Let's read verse 1 and 2, and we'll pray, and you may be seated. 1 Corinthians 4, verse number 1, Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for revealing yourself to us in a great and mighty way. I pray that you would help us for the next few moments as we open the Bible and read these verses. Lord, I pray that you would open our understanding and reveal more of your truth to us. Reveal more of who you are to us in a greater way. Help us to fall in love with you in a greater way. Teach us more of who you are and what it is that you desire from us. I pray that you would use me, speak through me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 1 and 2, we get this theme, stewards of the mysteries of God. Now the teens are going to kind of branch out on their own. We're going to have our own Sunday school lesson for the next few months or so, but Everyone above, all the Sunday school classes above, the teens are going to be going through the stewardship of life. And so I kind of missed out on this series, and so I thought I would bring this message today. What is a steward? And you'll learn more about this. I hope you'll be able to make it in the Sunday school hour. But a steward is simply a manager. They don't own anything. They realize, even back from Genesis, that God breathed life into man. Even the life that he has given us is not our own. All that we have, our life, all our possessions, everything comes from God. We are not the owners, we are simply stewards. We are managers over what he has entrusted to us. The kind of both ends of the spectrum on that is we could be a squanderer, somebody who goes through life without any direction, without any purpose, just aimlessly living. They're not using God's resources that they've given to them for his glory, for his purpose. They're squandering it all away. And the other side would be the spenders. They have maybe received all of God's resources, but they're spending it all up. They're not taking time to rest and to recover. They're just spending, spending, spending with no thought of using it for God's glory. But we're right in the middle. We're a steward. They're not ours. They're God's, but he has traced, placed us over them. Everything comes from God, 
and he owns it all. About a month ago, I read two books now on the stewardship of life from two different authors, and both had their own perspective, but one of them in particular gave me uh, just a new vision on the stewardship of life. It opened my eyes to different areas that God has given to us or placed under us as stewards uh, that we are to steward over. Things like, that might be so common, would be friendships, relationships. But he mentioned even the trials that God allows in our lives, we are to be stewards of those. And sometimes it's difficult to see that because we think, well, a trial really is, we're just trying to make it through. We're trying to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. But God has a plan and a purpose for us even in those trials, and we are to steward them for his honor and for his glory. But here we see that we're to be stewards of the mysteries of God. So let's begin kind of really examining or understanding what is the mysteries of God. And I don't know, it's a mystery, so, no, I'm kidding. But the mysteries, maybe if you think back on your childhood, if you were like my childhood, as a family, we would play games sometimes, and one of my favorite games was the game of Clue. You would separate those three cards, put them in the little envelope, and it was a mystery, right? As you go through the game, you'd have to guess who killed who, and what they used, and in what room, and all these sorts of things, but it was a mystery, In the beginning, it wasn't revealed, but as you approach the end of the game, whether you got it wrong or right, the mystery was revealed to you. It was made aware. Maybe growing up, you saw the movie The Wizard of Oz, right? These people were going on this long-distant journey on the yellow brick road, and they're in search of the Wizard of Oz, and they come to the very end, and they just find out it's just a man behind some plastic setting, you know. The mystery was revealed. So we understand what a mystery is, but what about the mysteries in the Bible? The Bible talks much about the mysteries of his word and the mysteries that he's revealed to us. And even when we think in our own mind, we all have lots of questions, things that we don't fully understand. And we realize from God's word even that there are things we won't understand or that will not be revealed to us until we get to heaven. We wonder about things, but there are things specifically in his word that he has revealed to us. Maybe it was a mystery at one point, but now he's revealed it to us. So let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29. You don't have to hold your place there in 1 Corinthians 4. Deuteronomy 29. We'll look at one verse here. Moses here is addressing the people... I want you to notice verse 29, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Notice what the Bible says, verse 29, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So we understand, even by reading that, there were certain things that were hid at one point, but then were revealed. We understand that God revealed the Ten Commandments to Moses, and that he was to pass it on to the Jews, or the children of Israel. So there were certain things at certain points that were hidden, but as we've gone through history, God has chosen or decided to reveal certain aspects, or certain truths, or certain mysteries. Turn to Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew chapter number 13. I hope you don't mind turning through the Bible. We're going to study it tonight. Matthew chapter number 13. Let's look at two verses. We saw in the Old Testament 
how things were revealed even unto Moses. And maybe you can think on your own life as you've studied Scripture and God has revealed certain truths to you. Look at Matthew chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 10. The Bible says, And the disciples came and said unto him, that being Jesus, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Verse 11, He, Jesus, answered and said unto them, Because, this is why he spake to them in parables, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. He's telling them, I spoke in parables because there were certain things I wanted to reveal to you. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But for them, it's not for them to know right now. Jump down to verse number 34. Same chapter, verse number 34. And all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Even before creation, God had things that were not yet revealed. And as we go and see through, through Scripture... Through human history, God has chosen to reveal certain truths, certain aspects to certain people. That was why he spoke in parables. Now turn to John chapter number 16. John chapter number 16. We're going to look for us here today. How does God reveal his truths to us? Or reveal his mysteries to us? If we're to be stewards of the mysteries of God, how can we manage something if we don't know what it is? John chapter number 16 will begin in verse number 4. The Bible says, John 16, verse number 4, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning. He says there was an appointed time, because I was with you. Verse 5, but now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. And ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. He says, I have more to tell you, but now's not the time. Keep reading. Verse 13, how be it when he... The Spirit of truth, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. 
Christ is telling them, I must ascend to heaven, and when I do, I'm going to send the Comforter, the Spirit of truth, and he will guide you into all truth, and he will continue to reveal the mysteries of God, continue to reveal my truth to you. That is how God reveals his truth to us. Colossians 2, verse 3 says, speaking of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Turn to Romans chapter number 16. Romans chapter number 16. So we've seen in Scripture, looking through different points in time of history, how God has chosen to reveal certain mysteries, certain truths to certain people. It's interesting here in Romans 16, we'll begin reading in verse number 25. The Bible says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Notice this. According to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. It's it's been revealed. It's been brought to light. It's been made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Here we see the revelation of the mystery, revelation of truth that God has revealed to us. We understand the idea of revelation or revealing something. We understand even the last book of the Bible, revelation, how God is revealing himself to us in the time to come or the future. But when you take even the Bible as a whole, It's God's revelation of himself to us. It's how God has revealed himself to us through scriptures, through his word. But it's been now made manifest or brought aware by the scriptures of the prophets. The word of God that we hold in our hand. And so I like to think of it this way. Maybe in the Old Testament things were concealed for a season. But now in the New Testament things have been manifested or brought to light. They've been revealed, concealed in the Old Testament and now revealed to us in the New Testament. We can look in the Old Testament and see even Abraham and Isaac, a picture of the future, prophecy pointing to the New Testament. It was concealed at the time, but now we see Abraham and Isaac, a picture of the relationship of God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Even in the Old Testament, something that was concealed for a season the Old, Old Testament sacrifices and sacrificing a lamb. And now we look to the New Testament and we see that John the Baptist even testified the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. In the Old Testament, we see Jonah and the whale. In the New Testament, we see it revealed or manifested in that Christ spent three days in the earth. In Genesis 1.1, even going back to the very beginning, we see how in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And then we turn to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But turn to 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. So we get the understanding that there are things that were concealed in the Old Testament and then later even revealed in the New Testament. They were concealed at one time, but now are revealed to us. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. The Bible says, And without controversy, great 
is the mystery of godliness. And here's the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. This is something that we are to be a steward of. We are to manage these truths, sharing them with the next generation to come. Look at Colossians chapter number 1, back to the left. Colossians chapter number 1. It's great to hear the pages of Scripture turning. Colossians chapter number 1, let's look at verses uh, 26 and 27. Let's begin in verse 25. Colossians 1, verse 25, the Bible says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says there was a time when all this, this mystery, these truths was hid, but now it's been made manifest. It was made aware of this mystery unto the Gentiles. He's saying there was a time if this truth was told to the the Jews, maybe they wouldn't have understood it. It was not appointed unto them. It was not revealed to them. But it's for us to be made manifest this mystery. And that mystery being Christ in us. They would have not understood maybe the the Holy Spirit living inside of them in Christ's absence. Here's a a phrase that would be a, a mystery, but that would summarize these truths. He who once gave his life for us, now abides in us to give his life to us. Many in the Old Testament would have not understood that mystery of God, but that is something that God has given to us, revealed to us to be a steward over. Here's another one. He who once died as me now lives in me. And yet there are still lost people in the world today that if you were to tell them these truths would not understand. But us as stewards need to uh, pass along the faith, share the good news of the gospel, make it aware to them, reveal it, make it manifest unto them. Ephesians 1.9 says this, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. And so we ask ourselves, what is the mystery of his will? Maybe at one point it was a mystery, but we don't have to wonder what his will is anymore. Second Peter 3.9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is God's will for the world. We get that truth even from John 3.16. But some people would question, how can an, an all-knowing, a perfect God who created all that we see and even created us, how can he love us? Well, here's another mystery in phrase form. Because John, or excuse me, 1 John 4 says that God is love. And that is almost a mystery. But the phrase would be this. 
He does what he does because he is who he is. The Bible says God is love, therefore he loves us. He sent his son because he loves us. And we're a steward of that truth, that mystery, to reveal it to the lost people of this world. So in closing, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. This will be the last place that we turn. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. How are we to live as stewards of the mysteries of God? His truths that may have been concealed at one time, but he has revealed to us. How are we to, to manage, to steward these truths, these mysteries? 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, let's begin in verse number 1. The Bible says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse number three. But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God, little g, of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God... Who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He's saying it's our job to share the gospel, to be faithful stewards of the mysteries of God, his truths. Satan's going out, blinding the minds, and deceiving them. He is seeking. Uh, to devour their lives. He is the father of lies, but we as God's children, stewards of the mysteries of God, it is our duty to share the good news of salvation again and again and again, never giving up. Listen to how Paul phrased it in Colossians 4. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. For which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. And likewise, he said in Ephesians 6, speaking of praying, Praying for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The Bible says that the church, us, the believers, not these four walls, but us, his bride, the church, is the pillar and ground of the truth. It is our duty as stewards of the mysteries of God to hold up the truth. Because if we don't, who will? The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. Many more things has been revealed to us that weren't revealed to people before us. And as we've gone through time, God has chosen to reveal the entire canon of Scripture, all of the Bible, to us. 
And we are required as stewards to be found faithful. So let's be found faithful. Faithful stewards of God's truth that has been revealed to us. Passing it on to the next generation. And just as the girls sang on Sunday, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to us. We thank you that we don't have to live this life aimlessly. We don't have to go through this life wondering what it is that you desire from us. But you've given us everything that we need to know. Everything that we need in this life can be found in your word. We thank you for providing every little detail. Calling us to be stewards of your mysteries. Help us as your stewards to reveal these mysteries to the next generation. To those around us that are lost and dying on their way to hell. Help us to be found faithful as your stewards. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.